Well, kind of out of the blue, the Department of Labor published a, a proposed rule that Wall Street took a look at and said, wait a minute, all these gig workers are going to be classified as full-time employees. That's going to drive up the cost to Uber and Lyft and DoorDash, and all those stocks got hit by about 10%. Of course, the fact is the gig economy is a lot bigger than Uber and Lyft and Dash. And when I think of the gig economy, I think of Craig Lewis, who's the founder and CEO of GigWage, which is based here but operates in all 50 states and has about 100,000 workers or more using the platform. And he joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's about 300,000 since the last time we talked. Are so you you're kidding about 200, me? You're about 200,000 short. <laughs> 300,000? That's a st- – so, well, actually, that answers one question because my sense is – I mean, not only is your company growing, but the whole gig economy is growing a lot. And I guess what Department of Labor is trying to do is is be sure that businesses aren't, you know, trying to take advantage of the workers and, and keep them from getting health benefits and everything else that, that full-time workers get. Yeah, I think, um, listen, I think if you if you look at it as an optimistic guy like I am and give people the the uh, best of intentions, of course, yeah, people need a financial social safety net of services, you know, 401k benefits, retirement, all that good stuff. But the Biden administration and other administrations are are really acting on something that was established in the 30s, right? 1930s. It's like, oh, we have a W-2 or we have a 1099, an independent contractor. And that's just a really old way of thinking about things. And, is, you know, they're trying to take a, a, a really blunt approach to a, a more nuanced problem. And so, yeah, they're they're trying to, you know, help the worker. But when you really start to pull back the covers, obviously, this administration has been very supportive of unions uh, for some good reasons. And, you know, maybe some other not. But at the end of the day, they're trying to provide worker protections. Right. And serve their base. They're just not thinking about it the right way and don't quite have the understanding of the modern-day worker and consumer. Well, and also the timing is interesting because, you know, everything I see is, I mean, despite the Fed trying to slow down the economy, is that there's really a shortage of workers out there. And that this is why we're seeing the union activity. You have a chance to sort of bargain from strength instead of weakness. Everybody wants workers right now. For sure. And the worker has been in control for, you know, the vast majority of this bull run, which is why wages are so high. Unemployment has been so low. But as this economy shifts, you do start to feel a, a bit of a shift of balance there. And um, the supply of worker, right, is tightening. Uh, and so companies are going to be competing for this talent one way or another. So it's, it's not like companies aren't putting their best foot forward to try to recruit and retain talent, whether W-2 or 1099. But yes, yeah, it's just really uncertain and interesting time. Inflation's high. So what, you know, you've got to try to impact employment. Um, and so, yeah, the timing is interesting when you look at it. Um, but it's an uncertain time that we're in and we're, you know, and so people are trying to, you know, we got the midterms coming up. There's a lot going on right now. <laughs> well, one of the things that, that I, I know you guys have tried at GigWage is rather than just, simply be a, a conduit for the businesses to file their 1099 so they don't have to do the, you know, the tax filing, is that you've talked about offering, you know, tax services, retirement services, and sure. FASA and HSA and health benefits to people that normally don't get it. I'm not sure how you do that. 
But yeah. You, so, so in addition to taxes and 1099 filing, and we file a myriad of, there's a lot of people don't know, there's about 26 different types of 1099s you could file uh, and distribute to workers for different types of work. And so there's, again, there's a lot of nuance here, but we also are the payroll or payments company for most of our customers, meaning we uh, distribute the payments that these people earn. So when you look at that, right, okay, somebody made a thousand dollars, Gig wage is the conduit to get that money to them fast and flexibly and on demand like gig workers want in the modern workforce. But then you start to see an opportunity to do deductions for those types of services in an automated way and remove a lot of that burden that independent contractors face now by having to find services, pay for those services, track those services. Basically, we're providing that same type of experience that W-2 workers get where you just get to show up to work and taxes come out and your benefit premium comes out. You don't have to think about it. You just get to go to work and get paid. We're bringing that same level of uh, financial transaction and transparency to the gig economy. You know, one of the challenges, it, it seems like in, in gig workers, 1099 workers, and, and Uber and, and Lyft drivers are probably a good example, is they have multiple jobs. I mean, they may drive uh, an Uber Lyft for 10 hours a day, but then they may, you know, be a sound technician and sure. do setups for, you know, another three hours a day. And so you have sort of multiple sources of income. Is there a way to combine these like you do at a, at a W-2? Absolutely. One of the trends we're seeing are individuals uh, going from, hey, I'm, you know, Craig J. Lewis, the worker getting paid as an individual with the Social Security number to uh, I'm going to now become Craig J. Lewis LLC and get paid as a business, as a as a micro entrepreneur, as I like to call it. Um, and so that's one way of kind of combining those services. We're also looking at ways, even as an individual, how you can consolidate services. So like one of the things that happens with all gig wage uh, workers that are on our platform, if they get paid by multiple people, um, so they go to a new platform and it says, hey, um, set up your gig wage account, they can say, I already have a gig wage account. Uh, and they can combine and merge um, their 1099 earnings and filings all in one place. Now, they still receive multiple 1099 forms, but they get to manage that all from one place, which, again, trying to remove that burden uh, from 1099s uh, that they've had over the last 100 years. So, so you're, the, the people you serve is triple since the last time we talked. I'm embarrassed. I didn't know that. So you got three hundred thousand. How much of that is is gig wage growth, and how much of it is the sort of the growth of the the gig economy? Yeah, I mean, you know, they're probably pretty tied at the hip. Uh, I, I do like to think we're running a, a really operationally efficient and excellent business, but we definitely benefit from the macro tailwinds of the gig economy. Uh, but I like to also think we're probably a bit insulated from any of the the macro headwinds that that might pop up, even in, in like this kind of time and moment because we're very customer focused. People think about Uber and Lyft drivers, uh, DoorDash and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, our fastest growing industry on our platform are maid services. Like we pay, that's the fastest growing industry on our platform right now. Um, so we do a lot of transfer. We also see a lot of growth in education. We pay a lot of tutors. Um, and so we're nat 1099s, independent contractors, freelancers, you know, there's not, for any W-2 job that you can think of, there's the 1099 equivalent, and gig wage is extremely horizontal, which I think gives us some some protection from some of these headwinds because we're serving uh, a myriad of industries. Well, are you is is some of your growth? And I think of maids is some of your growth, you know, curtailed because of the shortage of labor. I mean, they're just they're they're not enough people out there. 
No, <laughs> our growth isn't curtailed because of that, because the I think the gig economy is a part of that statistic that's getting left out. I think when you look at the Department of Labor, again, extremely antiquated data, and they're typically looking at W-2 data. The reason you can see something like 8 to 11 million jobs available, but unemployment still be so low and not be able to explain that gap is because of the growth of the gig economy. And so because that data is not being captured properly, the growth of the gig economy is phenomenal. It's strong. And it's this is why a lot of the legislation that's being proposed in, a, in an anti-gig economy manner won't hold up. I spoke about this on CNBC with uh, when Prop 22 didn't pass or passed, excuse me, in um, California. The market demand, the workers want to work this way. Now, do they want more benefits, more pay? What person does it? Absolutely. But the market wants to work this way. Millennials are the largest generation in today's workforce. Gen Z is coming in with a storm and they want to work when they want, how they want, where they want. Baby boomers are realizing their social security isn't as secure as they thought. They want to make some extra money as well. So this is across all four generations. This is how people want to work and we're, we're benefiting from that growth. But, but this is always, this has always been thought of, at least I've always thought of this as a benefit as much or more to the employer because they don't have long-term commitments. If, you know, jobs change, they can, they can, you know, get rid of people and bring in other people. And by the same token, they don't have the, the added cost of the health benefits and, and everything else that, that drives up salaries by, by maybe a third. Yeah, no, listen, there, you, you can definitely kind of tout a lot of those benefits, but I think the main benefit is actually productivity. So when you look at it, if, if I'm a business owner, which I am, uh, and I think about a individual sitting on the clock for 40, 50, 60 hours a week, whatever it may be, there is an, uh, and I'm asking them to do multiple tasks, multiple projects across multiple segments of the company. There's going to be some lack of effectiveness and efficiency in that. If I can hire someone to come in and do one thing really well in that moment, there is a, an extreme productivity output that I get from that. And so independent contractors oftentimes are highly specialized, highly focused, highly motivated individuals to come in, get the job done and move on. And so there's a product productivity that I believe employers really uh, appreciate about independent contractors. But to your point, the gig economy is a benefit for both not only the companies and platforms, but the, the workers as well. That's why I think market demand is just way too strong to be trying to put any type of legislation that that uh, stunts the growth of the gig economy. Well, we'll say it is it's not legislation. It's a proposal that's out there. And I think there are 45 days of discussion. And then, yep. you know, after the midterms, we'll have to see what happens. But but it, it, it did kind of shake things up a little bit. It did. It did. Uh, Craig Lewis is uh, the founder and CEO of GigWage and. I, gee, I, I always learn something. We need to speak more frequently. Thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for having me on. I'm not too far down the road, so you, let me know. A point well taken. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.